Hey, what's going on there, Warrior? It is Jeff here from WarriorLife.com and the Warrior Life Academy, and welcome to podcast episode number 452, where I have a little bit of a behind-the-scenes for you this week. So a little while ago, I was asked to speak to a private Warrior Roundtable group and answer some questions I had about prepping for a collapse, among other topics. And I got permission to share this talk with you, and I thought you might like a little bit of a change of setting this week. Now, if you'd like a free cheat sheet for this Q&A, you can go ahead and grab our one-pager in the Loot Locker section of our website, and all you have to do to gain access is log in to this free section from our website at warriorlife.com. Or you can sign up for free access to this, as well as our other cheat sheets and a bunch of other cool training resources waiting for you right now inside of that section. All you have to do is go to warriorlife.com slash loot, and you'll get a rundown on what you have waiting for you and how to get access. And now, let's talk tactics. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. Welcome to the show that helps you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is the Warrior Life Podcast. All right, hey everybody, it's Ed O'Keefe, and I'm super, super excited to have uh, Jeff Anderson with me today, a 10-year combat vet. Um, uh, Jeff has, is the founder and creator of warriorlife.com, which I think is pretty amazing. Um, shares everything uh, from elite military secrets, you need to survive any disaster, crisis, collapse, or attack, which is super relevant right now. Um uh, that will work for you. Uh, you know, like one of the things I love of what you've done over at Warrior Life is um, you really have a slew of different perspectives on whether it's emergency preparedness, tactical firearms training, um, CQB, self-defense. Um, and, you know, your podcast actually covers, I think, like a really nice uh, array of different topics, especially now, you know, like, especially now where, uh, you have things going on in Ukraine, which you just did a podcast on that right, uh, recently, which, um, I think you had a nice way of covering it from a perspective of how do we wipe out all the BS, right. And just kind of look at how do we, and what to be prepared for, um, underneath this video, this, uh, video training, we should have a link to your webinar that I think is amazing. How three simple military survival secrets can save your life in any disaster. Um, so anyhow, uh, welcome to uh, the Warrior Roundtable. And um, uh, why don't you fill in, why don't we start by filling in some gaps in your history a little bit, Jeff, and kind of share with everybody your origin story and how you got to what you're doing now, you know? I'll keep this one short because nobody wants to hear the whole origin story. Yeah. But, um, but essentially, um, I'm a 10 year combat veteran and lifelong martial artist, um, the, the, the military, I mean, the, the angle that how I entered into kind of the survival space and looking at things more from a complete warrior standpoint was I grew up kind of in that martial arts world. Um, the military got me into firearms more, but it was combat that really helped me understand the value of survival, but more importantly, the reality of survival, because, um, when I started to kind of look into the topic, what I noticed that there was a lot of like tactical BS out there that was based upon like, you know, the walking dead or, you know, zombie survival type stuff. And none of it matched what I saw in, in combat, not from the standpoint of like, I don't, I don't deal with like wilderness survival, things like that. We don't go into that too much, but, um, only just based upon my experience, what I've seen 
happen on the human side? Uh, what happens to people when you take away resources? I mean, really, we are animals at our very base instincts, right? So when I've uh, when I approach survival from that standpoint, it's the there's of course the immediate threat that we might have, whether that's in a dark parking lot or whether it is infrastructure collapse, grid down, whatever whatever might be the um, you know the initial trigger of it. It's what happens to people after that is where I've seen things just degrade very quickly. Um, people don't understand that because we are when our system's working, it's working. You can go to you can go to McDonald's, you can turn on television, watch the news, and all that stuff. So, um, so really, my mission has been uh, kind of kind of twofold: one, to bring more reality to what people can expect when things do go go bad, and a more realistic approach to that also. So we don't. I call it fear porn. Like we don't, we don't focus in on things that aren't a realistic threat. There are, there are things that could change life as we know it overnight, but it is, um, but we take a more realistic approach to it to make sure that it's practical for people as well. Um, the other side of that and what the reason why we, we started Warrior Life was to make it, make it accessible for the everyday man and woman that's out there. Um, a lot of people are just getting hit with the tactical stuff. They want to look like a soldier, be a soldier. They want to feel like they can take on the world with their AR-15 and their camo. And that's exactly the opposite approach that we take with all of our stuff for a very good reason. Because, because of... Yeah, I wanted, you, I wanted to explain that. Why, why, why do you take a total opposite approach to that? And just keep elaborating on that. I think it's great where you're going. Yeah, I mean, just on a very basic level, um, that it makes people feel good. It's more ego driven. Um, they feel like they're, you know, they're, they're tactical and they're, and they're cool and they're Gucci. But in reality, when you look at, okay, if there's no more food, if the, if the water is shut down, sanitation shut down, grids down, whatever, it, whatever the, the trigger is, and people are going to freak out because our, our cities are not, they're not just like, if, if there's no resupply there within three days, it's just going to, it's going to be complete chaos. And so when that happens, Again, we're animals. We will do what we need to to survive. And so the neighbor that you were barbecuing with last weekend could be knocking on your door and asking for food because they're not prepared. And so the, you know, the tactical prepper type side, um, that's all decked out in camo and got their camo bags and everything. We, you know, it's like we say that people are going to ask you for food because you look like somebody who's prepared. All you had to do is just watch one episode of Doomsday Preppers, you know, on the History Channel and realize that, oh, these guys that are, you know, preppers, they've got a bunch of food and bullets and, and everything else that would be really cool to have right now. And so people think that, they, you know, because you've got 12 AR-15s and you're all dressed up in camo that you're going to be protected. And, you know, it's just not true. I mean, you're just one Molotov cocktail away from being homeless and you have to sleep sometime. And so unless you're really well prepared, really well organized, really well fortified, all it's going to take is a baseball bat over your coconut. And then all of that, that cool tactical gear that you had is going to be is going to be worthless. And so, again, we take a very practical like this is what's going to happen. And so how do you prepare for reality versus what makes you feel really cool and, and good in the forums? Now, when you said that this is, this is really is really awesome topic and uh, I think a great framework to look at it because um, I have some follow-up questions on that. But when you were saying you saw this in combat, was it, was it, um, and you could elaborate on this, whatever you, whatever level you feel comfortable with Jeff, like, is this, was this, when you said, do you mean like when you, wherever you were at, you saw the resources being taken away from people who live there 
and their behavioral shift, or you just saw a different side of human beings because of it? I, I think it's, I mean, it's really, it's just human nature. Um, that when I was in combat, it was in a bit of a different, uh, it wasn't, my initial combat experience was right there in, inside cities and there was no infrastructure. And so the people that I saw, and this was a progressive city, so it wasn't, it wasn't like some third world nation. I wasn't over in Africa or anything. It was, it was inside a, a, a metropolis. And so when there's no more transportation for food to come in, yeah. um, one of the, and it's a lot of the things that people most likely wouldn't even consider, like they wouldn't, they wouldn't think would go down. Like sanitation was a big thing. Uh, trash not getting picked up. We saw that during the hurricane inside of um, when it was like, her, I think it was Hurricane Sandy and like the garbage was piling up in the streets. Um, the toilets don't flush though. Like just to the things so that people take for granted. granted. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. So when that happens, people like when it goes outside of their comfort zone, they they get anxious, they panic, they get afraid, especially when, I mean, we saw the looting happen very, very quickly when there's no rule of law, when, and, and by that, I mean, like the police, the military, um, most likely the police, like in the initial, in the initial stages are going to be around the places that they have to protect, which is going to be the police station. It's going to be city hall, that's what they're going to protect first. They're not going to be roaming the neighborhoods, trying to do everything. You might see National Guard out there, which is not a, a great, you know, it's not a great thing to look outside your your window and see. They're not really trained for those kind of domestic relations and, and things like that. And so um, it's, it's or, or the people thing. outside their own homes. Like, I mean, I yeah, exactly. of, like, in Chicago, it's so funny, like um, that, you know, you broach, breach this topic mm-hmm. at all. They're like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going home. I'm protecting my own household and my own neighborhood versus, uh, I mean, Chicago is a different kind of a mess of a city where uh, they, they've treated cops so poorly here that uh, there's very little loyalty, but um, yeah, like who you hope would protect you is now not available to protect you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we saw that even during like hurricane Katrina and uh, during, uh, you know, over in new Orleans that a lot of the police officers, they have families too. I mean, again, and you bring up, I mean, this is a really big point because they have families too. And so even though the boss can say, no, you're coming in it's like, look, I'm getting my family out of here. I mean, you, you're always going to protect your own. You're always going to protect your family. You're always going to protect yourself over other people. And so there's a lot of realities. There's this domino effect that happens with that. We just held a, a class, a special class for all of our members and uh, it was about survival teams, which is, again, it's another one of those Gucci, you know, tactical things that people have out there. And, you know, like you have your, your doctor and you've got your soldier and you've got your, you know, you've got your hunter and you've got these different people. And we took a very practical, like a very practical approach with that. Like, okay, imagine it's the zombie wall right there and the zombies are coming. You got a horde of people, like everybody that, you know, everybody like who is going to be knocking on your door saying, Hey, remember barbecue last weekend? Um, the, the spouses of your children, the parents of the spouses of your children, like who are you going to actually let get eaten by zombies? I'm, I'm using zombies as, you know, a funny way to be able to make the point, but it's like, the zombies are coming over the hill. Who are you going to get, like, get eaten and who's not? Because there's a reality to that. When we started doing it ourselves, it was like, holy shit, like, 
that's 14 people that we've got inside of our compound that I wouldn't let get eaten by zombies. And we only have enough food for one year for two people. And so, you know, it changes the thing. Now, every, everybody else in your family might not be into prepping. Yeah. Those extended family members that you're not going to let get eaten outside the wall might not be into prepping. So if you're going to let them inside, how are you, you know, did you go from being able to sustain yourself for one year down to one week? Like, what is the actual reality of it? Awesome. So I want to I share a quick story with you. Then I want to talk about actual threats. Like what, what would be like based on what we're seeing in our society? Like what are probably the most obvious potential threats to like mm-hmm. worst case scenario? I know like when you, you look at fear porn, a lot of people like talking about worst case scenario first, like is Putin going to uh, fire off the nukes? You know, but that's probably much, much, much less, less likely to be a reality versus other things like the electrical grids and a few other things that I, I want to ask you about. Um, it's funny. I, I um, Have you ever read any of Vince Flynn's novels? Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's fiction, fiction novels, but um I like it. You know, it's around a, a hero character who saves the world and former spec ops guy that's in different countries and whatever. But whatever they would go into, and I would always see this like with the Robert Ludlum books, they would start talking about like um, uh, these viruses that are going to become, you know, um, uh, agents of destruction. And I, it always like I was like, ah, this really isn't real. Like there's no one's going to create a virus that's going to, you know, kill all these people. So I would like put the book down because I'm like, it doesn't make sense. Well, then all of a sudden this past year and a half or two years, we've dealt with COVID, right? Mm-hmm. And then I got later into one of Vince Flynn's novels and like the opening chapter, he's describing somebody in front of Congress talking about how exposed our electrical grids in our country are. And I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. So I'm reading it, reading it, reading it. And um, then three weeks later, was it Texas that lost all power in Dallas, was it? And um, from my understanding, it didn't take long for some chaos to start erupting there. And um, is that just a small, like, micro glimpse of what, how, here you are, a first world country, major metropolitan city, in a matter of days is, like, out of control in some ways. Not, not totally out of control, but on the cusp of things going south. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the electrical grid going down is one of the is one of the biggest threats that we have. Uh, we've known about it forever. Um, we've known. I remember there was a um, was it Ted Koppel or um, there was there there was um, like when the lights go out or something like that. Like uh, the guy, it was, it, I'm I'm blanking out on the name right now. But this was like several years ago. They did an expose on the grid going down and hackers and things like that several years ago. And it, it, then there was a 60 minutes interview. You can check it out on YouTube. There was a 60 minutes interview with that well-known, I forgot what the newscaster was, but of him being interviewed about doing that documentary. And he, he left that going, he went out and bought a year's worth of food for every member of his family. Because, and I remember some of the biggest um, elements of that of that interview, uh, when they were interviewing members like of the government, like hackers. The, the, you know, they started out at 16 years old in their parents' basement, you know, just hacking into stuff, and now they're working for the government. And the reality was is that we already know that our enemies are inside of our electrical grid. We've known it. We've known it for a long time. Yep. They have the ability right now to just flip the switch. 
And this is the admit, this is an admission of the government. And this isn't like, you know, conspiracy, fear porn, stuff like that. And so they were asked, like they asked him like, well, why haven't they done it? And they're like, we don't know. The only thing we can think of is that they, it's not the right time. So it's a matter of, okay, when is the right time right now with, you know, geopolitics, the way that they are, um, everybody being really dependent upon one another, that kind of keeps the system kind of going, but that's why everybody's also jockeying for power. Now you start to disrupt that, that system like we're doing now. Well, all of a sudden, yeah, you know what? Flip the switch. And so it, it is possible, like to what extent, I don't know. But what I do know is that our electrical grid we've known has been held together with bubble gum and, and duct tape for, you know, for a long time. And they've tried to make some advancements, but between bureaucracy, regulations, an inability to work together, um, money being spent, you know, on wars overseas, wherever it is, like the we've not invested in the infrastructure to be able to allow us to make the changes that we know we should be making. It's, I mean, I think it's what every human does. They just keep, keep kicking the can down the road. I say, well, it's not a problem today. Let's go spend the money over here. Yeah. And um, so we don't know when it's going to happen, but it, it, it could, it could literally happen today. It could literally happen tomorrow. Um, I think it's, it's one of our, it's, it's our real soft underbelly. Yeah. Okay. And then would you mind sharing a few more things? And then I want to talk about, we'll come full circle back to like preparing and, some of the cool things you're teaching and doing over at uh, Warrior Life. So uh, a few more things around. Yeah, like what are the other more uh, realistic threats that you would recommend to family, friends to be thinking about and actually preparing for that um, isn't this like kind of out there, probably not going to happen, but like what are actual things like the electrical grid and what else would we be uh, needing to be prepared for? Well, on the, uh, I mean, there's a few different things. So, I mean, there's, there's five in total that we cover in our master class, but one of, one of those is, um, a financial meltdown. Um, I mean, it's try to get across people in a very simple way. And again, this is one of the reasons why we try to make it very practical for people that they, that they can understand it is that, you know, our, we have this like perfect storm happening right now of our debt, just, you know, we're just printing out money. We, especially for the pandemic, like we just printed out money. Here you go. And it was abused and businesses shut down. Like the lockdown didn't work. We know all, we know all those things, but essentially as that debt just keeps building up, I liken it to, you know, if you and I just put all, like we just maxed out all of our credit cards and we had a house payment and everything else and we couldn't make our, we didn't make enough money for it anymore. So what do we do? We get a pre-approved credit card in the mail and we just go ahead and take it, call it in. And then we just, Go ahead and use that to make the payments on everything else. Yeah. And then we we max that out. So we get another credit card and we just keep getting all these pre-approved credit cards to make the payments on all the other stuff, but rather than making enough money so that we can pay our bills out. So that's a ticking time bomb that we just keep printing money to try and fix. I think what's scarier right now is when you look at how the assets, um, you know, we're moving into... There's Bitcoin, but then there's digital dollar also. Like the U.S. is really considering um, the the U.S. I mean, I'm sorry, a digital a digital dollar. Well, look at everything that's happening right now. Putin's acting up, and so we start freezing the money and the assets of oligarchs, and you know, we we start internationally start seizing accounts or freezing accounts. Same thing happened in Canada when uh, during the the freedom truckers. Um, anybody yeah, that yeah. is, yeah. what's that? Oh, keep going. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, they froze. They froze. They, 
froze oh, assets. Like, like if you help these guys, were, we're people that were just assets. yeah, yeah, it's un- unreal, unreal. Yeah. So I mean, all of all of that should be very scary to everybody, especially if we do move to a more digital, you know, or we're you know, from fiat to digital or whatever we, we end up doing, if it becomes like that, it's just like, bink, nope, sorry, you can't pay for food. You can't pay for your house payment. You can't do these things because we don't like, you know, you're not following our agenda. I mean, that's that's a very scary proposition. And the dollar, especially right now with the way things are going between the trade war that we had with China a few years ago, that was really, it was really an attack on U.S. businesses that are, have become dependent upon a supply chain yeah. that is their only outlet. And, um, and then putting Russia under a microscope and, and doing stuff there. Like the only thing that gives the dollar its strength is that it's widely used, which, you know, we put that in place a long time ago, but, it's a balancing act because what what keeps that going is trust that we can pay our bills yeah. and that we have the military might or whatever to be able to protect it if we need to. And so all of that has been has been going away now for the last four, five, six years. Um, and so it's it's really um, it, it's just the perfect storm for where we can see an economic meltdown and we start to see. Um, you know, that everything that we've been concerned about with the financial collapse happening. Yeah. Now does, um, where does violence, like where does, where does violence and lack of law and order come into play here? Um, coming, living in Chicago, <laughs> you were right. People always really chuckle when I say that. Cause it's like, Oh, it's a, it really is. Um, it's just amazing to me at how, if you have a state's attorney's office that won't prosecute and you have a mayor that won't support the cops, like carjackings, record highs, uh, homicides, record highs. And people like say, well, it was just like that in the eighties. Well, no, but like modern medicine keeps more people alive nowadays than ever before. So you have the same number of shootings and people injured, the death rate would probably be twice as much. And I, obviously I might be exaggerating a little bit on that, but, um, is 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 violence and just physical spatial pre- pre- preparedness something you're you're teaching and spending time on as well with your community? Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think it's an it's um an exaggeration. I think it's an understatement because I I think the natural tendency is for people to think about oh well the gangs the looters and and certainly those people are out there and we've had an education process over the last couple of years during the um, the George Floyd protest the BLM movement things like that. Um, and we, and by the way, we take a very apolitical stance within, within warrior life. Like we don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, green, brown, it doesn't matter what you are because survival is everybody's right. And, you know, there's no, what we say, there's no atheists in foxholes. There's no, there's no Republicans and Democrats in foxholes either. Like it's, it really will be survival. And so it's not, it's the tendency is to think in terms of like, well, the gangs and the looters will be out, which they will. Um, but it's not just that. So when people, if you've been telling all your neighbors about like the latest gun that you got, or just that you're ready for the apocalypse, um, it's going to be your next door neighbor. And if it, and, and we've, we've seen situations where like people are always going to protect themselves. And I don't care if it's your best friend. I mean, you might have some, right. They'll just like, they'll die for you. Right. But, but for the most part, people are just going to protect themselves. And as things unravel, um, if you if they do knock on your door and they say, hey, do you, do you have some food? And you say and you say no. And we always say asking turns to begging, begging turns to demanding, demanding turns to taking. 
And if you are able to hold all that back from whoever that might be, um, and other people are grumbling and they're knocking on your neighbor's door saying, hey, do you have anything? Well, I don't, but I, he does next door, but he won't give me any. So then all of a sudden word gets around like that. And yeah. then now you don't have your neighbor knocking on your door. You have your neighborhood knocking on your door. And, you know, it's again, we go back to the same sequence of dominoes there. It's like asking, you know, um, begging and demanding and then taking. And so um, so keeping your mouth shut is certainly part of it. So um, there are definitely we have a, a tendency to tribe together when it comes to things really hitting the fan. Um, how long term things could be. There's there's really no telling, right? If it really is like a grid down, that's why the CIA has said, you know, within a year, 90% of the people in the United States would be would be dead from starvation, from um, from disease, as well as from the civil unrest it would trigger and just people fighting for resources. So that's the CIA talking. It's not, you know, it's not you know, the guys in, in, in hoods and basements or whatever, this is the front line of the, of the CIA. And so I tend to believe them when they say they've already done the war gaming on all of this stuff. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. and the other thing I've, you brought up before, so just to go back to your, you brought up like the, uh, the, the pandemic and things like that. Well, what we saw is just a, a fraction of what can happen because of you know, it's bio warfare now. Like I live in, uh, I live in Florida, the worst state to live in freaking, uh, you know, for trying to evacuate or anything, right? I just moved here. And, um, and just in the little town, like just, just north of me, there was a hacking that happened with the water system for that town where somebody hacked into the system and released wow. chlorine into the water there. And they never caught, as far as I know, they never caught this person. Now, that is just a minor thing that could happen because we've already seen the hackers have gotten into our our fuel lines. Like we we become too dependent upon technology and you can't keep up with the, you know, the other side of the technology, the people that can get inside of stuff and for nefarious reasons or whatever, just want to see the whole whole deck of cards coming down or how whole house of cards coming down. You're, you're not going to be able to hold it back. Like that's inevitable. We are going to continue with those types of things. It's only a matter of time. Um, drones, you know, <laughs> but it's just like the, it goes on and on of all the the ways that technology and like machines really are going to be our downfall in some way, shape yeah. or form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, like um, I want I want to hear like just I would love for you to segue to like kind of you know, what is just obviously a basic plan to any recommendations in a moment, but you're actually seeing too how um, the one thing that was stunning to me with the Ukraine uh, or the invasion of Ukraine, right? Being a non-military guy, or I guess that might not even matter in some ways, but like how open Putin was about, hey, we're going to, we're going to go in there. And for like um, two months, they were preparing. Everyone knew they were going to do it. And now you're, some of the situations and scenarios you're describing just happen, are going on real time. Like Mariupol, you, you see there's no more news coverage coming out of there just because all the reporters when, are gone because reporters started dying, right? And it stuns me that we live in this time, day and age where uh, – we have zero power as, as you know, one of the, the leader of the world, or as you'd say, or one of the leaders of the free world, so to speak. And um, there's no like way to get 
the resources in there, the fuel, the, the water, the, the protection, like it's almost like the world is helpless against what's happening. And so I think I'm going to say two things and I'll, I'll let you respond to it is like, the reason I've always put down those books that had, you know, uh, bio warfare is because I never really believed it to be something that was going to be actually happening. And now if you said, Ed, it's going to happen again, probably multiple times in our lifetime, I'd be like, yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. Right. And now looking at Ukraine and what's going on there, I'm like blown away by how, uh, the possibility of crazy things happening in first world countries now is very, very real, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think, I think you, the, the downfall of, uh, I think what a lot of people are looking at when it comes to like, they get fixated on the news is number one, all the media outlets, and I don't care which it is, MSNBC, Fox, they're like, they're all there for ratings. It's all, they're all trying to ramp up their ratings. And so they do try to, to create a narrative out there. And I think that what ends up happening a lot of times is that people think that it's always happening like over there and they don't really, and that's what, you know, I think the podcast you listened to was like, there's lessons in here for us here, because if you start to look at it, it's the same way we look at like home defense, like, because we do a lot of firearms training, um, instruction, things like that with our, our people as well. And so with home defense, we get on the outside of your house and look at it as if you were a home invader. How would you get inside of your house? Yes. Can you get up to an upstairs uh, window? Um, are there are there bushes in front of the door where you can't see the front door from the street? Like I would just go up, like nobody can see me. I don't I wouldn't be caught. Um, look at it from the standpoint of a criminal rather than like, oh, I've got a gun and I've got this and I've got that. And so we look at it the same way. Like if we, what if we were Putin, right? Like it doesn't seem, it seems like any sanctions we do only have the opposite effect and he doesn't really care. It's not like in the United States, it's like, you know, if, if, you know, Biden, for example, just decided, you know what, let's push a nuke button on Sweden. What the hell? You know, we'd have some, something in place there to say, whoa, 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 let's, let's not do that. And Hey, over here, Mr. Biden, like let's, we have a special door over here. Well, nobody's doing that in Russia, you know, so and now we're going after, you know, potentially seizing assets for his his daughters. And like, you know, this this is not a person that has the same checks and balances that we do. And what better way? So what would you do? Would you just start sending nukes over? Maybe. But if you could just flip the switch and turn off the grid, could he do that on a mass scale? We don't really know. Right. You see what the government says. Maybe they're right. Maybe they're wrong. But if you could and just let let the United States just kind of deal with their own little mayhem as everything crumbles around them, that's a lot easier to do. And so you know, I thought it was kind of funny when uh, what was it? The uh, Russia announced a little a, a while back that they had caught the hackers who had gotten in. Um, what was it for? Uh, I don't know if it was the uh, I'm trying to think now it was the uh, it was the election or whether it was um, like the, like they had basically said, oh, we we got them. We found the hackers. It was something that we were we were accusing Russia of doing, like Vladimir Putin. And they said, no, no, we found the hacker and we went ahead and arrested him. He's taken care of. So ask yourself, like if you're Putin, it's like, OK, how dare you attack the United States with your hacking skills? Yeah, like on. you're off to the dungeon. It's like, no. I've got just the place for you. There's a cubicle right over here. And yeah, I'm just going to kind of set you aside. What yeah, would you do? Totally. Yeah, that's yeah. so interesting. 
That's so interesting. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's funny on one of our other interviews, one of my buddies, um, Lloyd Irvin, uh, highly trained martial artist, um, wrong house to home invade, but he, he, he literally woke up to, and, and super paranoid about this stuff, right? Like, um, uh, literally woke up to uh, a flashlight in his eyes, gun to his head, mm. two guys. And they had gotten in through his bathroom door that he says, or uh, window that he swears there's like, it's almost impossible for anyone to get in it. And he's like that night he had pink eye was sleeping on the couch, had some of his fighters over because he trains fighters. They let themselves out and they never, so he never turned on the security alarm. And so it's like, um, ends up disarming one of the guys. We, it's a great story, actually. I'll send you the interview, but um, yeah, because you like it because he uses confusion, he uses, but also he was trained, you know, uh, yeah. it's a real threat. Um, so okay, we're talking about a lot of stuff. So just just because not we don't have hours together, and I just uh, I want to talk about uh, what you're teaching people. What's just a, some simple one, two, three, four, and this is what we teach, this is what people need to have minimally be thinking about and uh doing to protect themselves in i guess some of the more in these bigger this is like the electrical grid thing scares me the financial meltdown and then you brought water system you brought a fuel system um this is uh it's not like simple fixes yeah no it's not for sure um like really what we do is, I mean, cause look, you're not, you're not going to be in, you're not going to be in charge of the, the threat that you're going to face. So, and it's a lot, I mean, it, people are inundated with information and like, how do you, how do you actually prepare for this stuff? I mean, that's, those are the biggest questions we get is like, you know, lions and tigers and bears. Like I have no freaking like clue where to start here. And yeah. so what we've done is I've uh, really worked out a system that people can, we call it being warrior ready. And it's um it's a it's a very it's a very structured system that is been around for literally thousands of years but for how the average everyday man or woman that wants to be prepared no matter what it is and we focus in on unarmed self defense we focus in on firearms and we focus in on uh preparedness you know survival strategies and things like that because uh we 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 go for the highest like really the world is crumbling around outside and you've got to be prepared for all of those things or it might just be you know you're putting groceries in your car and there's a carjacking or something so yeah. you know there's no there's no shortage of danger that's out there but how you prepare for it is more than just what you get in an article or watching a few youtube videos and so we start with a very foundational approach we call it, it's the s3 um framework is what we use s3 warrior ready framework and it includes um, both spirit skills as well as strategy and so for spirit it really does come down to um and it's probably the hard it's probably the hardest thing but it, we've worked a lot on on how do we get people to really understand the truth behind what what to expect um and one of the biggest things like i, I have a nonprofit also where um we were literally curing combat related pt uh, ptsd in like an hour, like it's a innovative protocol that wow. um, that we use. That's that's amazing, and people need to realize that even for well trained soldiers, like I've seen in, in combat, people these are hardcore like Rambo charging guys. I've seen them just crumble into a pile of tears behind a, a car, not be able to fire back at an enemy that's firing at them. Like mm -hmm. everybody that with all the bravado and all the chest thumping, and you've got. 2000 guns in your underneath your bed and just 
you don't know until you until you're put in that situation. And so our goal is for people not to get into that freeze mode or even the, you know, fire too quickly mode. Like it's it's a balancing act that comes with experience, but most people are not going to be out there with getting that kind of experience and exposure. So we help them to kind of really bulletproof the mind, get the right mindset in there. Um, also focusing on the reality of, you know, your body. There's a reason why the military has a very time-tested approach that it uses. It's used to taking, like anybody that's been in the military knows, you go into basic training, you're you're meeting people that you you thought this was only on like the reality shows you were laughing at. Nope, these are real people. And the military has to take every single one of them and turn them into warriors. And there's a process that's been used forever to be able to do that. And so we focus in on the foundational layer rather than just giving everybody the tactical Gucci skills out there You've got to get the ba- that foundation down first to be able to understand what is reality. Otherwise, you're just kind of, you know, shooting off in the dark. And so then we focus in on skills in a very specific way that does allow people to train across all spectrums from unarmed self-defense, firearms and survival in a way that they get kind of the 80-20 rule, right? It's like, you know, 20, they only need to focus in on 20%. It's going to give them 80% of their effectiveness in any of that. And again, it's meant all for reality and practical. So we don't do a lot of fancy martial arts moves and things like that. They're they're brutal, but they're super simple. And that's the reality of it. Um, and then from there, it's the the last one is strategy. So it's really like how do you apply the the base skills that you have to different situations? And we have we we have a lot of fun with all of this stuff. Like we have mini missions every month. Um, people love them. They like this little challenges that we do, but they're fun challenges. And so they get a chance to kind of go in there, apply what they learn. And then everybody kind of competes against one another. But you're also you're also learning at the same time by putting these things into practice rather than just, oh, that was a really cool webinar or that was a cool video. Yeah. So we have a way that we really help people along, along with coaching and things like that to make sure that um, the people that raise their hand and really want to be prepared like those are the ones like I'm done kind of screwing around with people that just want to like watch YouTube videos and do stuff like that. Like we've got more than enough free stuff out there, but I've really pulled back from like my public exposure to just working with these people that are serious about being realistic, about being practical and about taking easy steps. They don't cost a million dollars to do, but you don't need a bunker and a remote, you know, cabin in the woods with your four by four monster truck. And you don't have to be a Navy SEAL. I mean, we have women, we have men, we have all ages in there. You do what you can with what you have. And it doesn't matter where you're starting from or anything. What matters is what you're going to do tomorrow to be better prepared than you are today. And so that's what we focus in on, just little steps, little steps that are practical that you can leverage so that you can get maximum output for it. And then let's have fun doing it. Yeah, I love it. Now, um, on your so in your your three mili- three simple military survival secrets that uh, that you're giving away for free with to uh, for everybody. That's they'll get more of this stuff in depth on that, correct? Yeah, yeah. That's really kind of like our our open door to really see if people will come along with the thought process that that we prescribe to in there. I mean, it's a real wake up call. It forces yeah. people. I mean, I tell them it's like it's the Costanza method. Like it's if you did the exact opposite of everything that you thought was was right, and that's what I find is that most often the stuff that I that I read about or I I, I see online in videos and things, 
These are people that aren't speaking from experience. But that doesn't mean like, again, like we can have people that were in the military, were Navy SEALs. Like I've seen Navy SEALs give give um, survival advice that will get you killed. I have seen mixed martial arts young masters give self-defensive advice that is will get you killed. Like it, it's, it's, you know, it's really hard to find somebody. And that's the other thing that we get from people is like, who do I trust? He says, do it one way. You say, do it your one way. And so for us, this is our way. Like, it's just practical. Like the reason why this class is so imperative and why we actually like, we funnel everybody through this masterclass, because if you don't get this, like, we're not for you. We're just not for you. But it's delivered in a way that is not military speak. It's not Gucci. It's not tac- not tactical. It's reality. But it really does like quickly open up people's eyes to what to expect and how to prepare for it as well. Yeah. Can you give just one more like uh, can you give like just one nugget that most people don't think about that? Give me an example of it um, on the preparedness side. Yeah, I mean the the biggest uh, the biggest fault we see out there is um, you know all the all the the tech it's the it's the gear because people love to buy gear because that gives you a sense of like I'm prepared because you yeah. own stuff. Yeah. Um, just like the person who you know buys a gun to feel safe after a break in or after a hold up or just to have it, but never ever trains with it. Like there's a sense of confidence there just because you have it. It's upstairs in the safe if I ever need it. Doesn't help you when somebody just busted down your front door or you wake up in the middle of the night and somebody's got a gun and a flashlight in your eye, right? So it's the same sort of thing. So people are gear focused more than anything inside of our our community. And unfortunately, they're also focused in on that being really tactical and camoed up and things like that rather than you don't want to be like we always said in basic training. Like if you got through basic training and the drill sergeant didn't know your name, Good job. Like, yeah, good great, job. Right. Great point. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Totally. And then do you, um, so on the, on, on the gear side there, you, you provide, I mean, you have bug out bags. I, I think that you promote and sell and you have, I mean, I have, you have a great blog here. Um, the hundred mile, uh, hundred miles when I, I walked hundred miles with my bug out bag. Now, did you do that in one, was that a, um, was that during, are you going over like the training when you were in, I think it says 10th mountain mountain division. Um, and, um, do you, st- are you still out there rucking and, and training hard now? Or are you, uh, um, I mean, I'm not 20 years old anymore. That's for <laughs> sure. Know, but, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I yeah. signed up Brad McLeod. I don't know if you know, Brad, Brad's one of the nicest guys in the world, but he, um, um, he, I, we were talking about how, like, even though you're younger and you had a burning fire to do physical stuff, even as we get older, we still have burning fires to do stuff. It just doesn't have to be as intense as it was yeah. when we were younger, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm 54 now and, um, you know, things don't heal as well. I can't, you know, I can't train the way that I used to like, where the hell did that pain come from? Um, there's certain, you know, those things happen. And, you know, we have a lot of our demographic who are in their seventies, you know, I mean, it, my, my whole thing with that is that you can't, you don't have to train like a Navy SEAL. I mean, but it's a matter of the choices that you make. And, you know, I was a health coach before and I, and I, I coached a lot of people to lose weight and get in better health and things like that. And, um, there's a story that I have in one of my, in one of my programs, um, about the 82nd Airborne. And it was this poster that was up on our wall 
in the barracks when we first joined um, when we first joined the army and for and it was in base training and so and it was essentially I mean I, I won't be able to get the story exactly right but essentially it was you know a retreating force in World War II and yeah. tanks are going past and there's a there's a soldier who's digging a foxhole and they're like what are you doing like you know the enemy's coming we're like you got to fall back and he's like I'm in the 82nd Airborne this is as far as those bastards are going and it's like at some point you might have been a 34 waist. Then you were a 36. And then you realize you weren't a 36 anymore and you had a choice. Am I now a 38 or should I maybe stay a 36 because that's okay? Yeah. And so it's what are you going to do right now? Like people listening right now to our interview, um, you know, most people, I can tell you, most people will not do a single thing. And I, and I get that. Like I, I have no problems with that whatsoever because that's not, those aren't the people that we work with. The, um, the, the bug out bags that we have are unique. And then they're custom. I custom designed it for me because I couldn't find what I needed for, for me to be prepared out there. So I designed my own and I, and we sell that, but it's not available like for sale on Amazon or in, in the, um, you know, on our, on our website, just go ahead and get it. Like you got to go through the training because if you don't prescribe to the thought process that we're going through, you can't, you can't have it. Like we don't do it in big, I'm not a huge company. We don't do big batches. So if you, you either prescribe to this, to what we cover in the, in the masterclass or you don't, and there's no hard feelings. It's just, we, we have a community and that we, we take care of our own inside of there. Yeah. Yeah. it's very cool. What, what are you excited? What are you most excited about right now? What's, what is something you're looking forward to? And, uh, <laughs> You know what I'm excited for right now? Uh, we start uh, <laughs> We start next week. Um, I'm doing this. I don't know. I had a dream. I had a dream. And it was like, um, I wanted to, like, I want to start engaging more with the, with this the community, like I said, that, that really prescribes this. And so for our members of our, of our Warrior Life Academy, um, we're doing more engaging. We're doing more Q&A. We're doing more uh, stuff there. And we're going to start broadcasting, though, that out to our social media channels. We have a little over a million people like on Facebook and we've got our Instagram channel and our YouTube channel, things like that. But um, now we're going to start off once a week. In fact, next week is the first time. But we're doing this. Um, it's a tactical taco Tuesday. So we're just going to make tacos, um, yeah. some weird ass tacos and um, and just do some Q&A and talk about you know, just some tactical stuff and just how to prepare and how to be live. Are you live streaming that? Yeah. We're going to live stream it. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. And where, yeah. where would everybody go? I know I already gave uh, your website, warriorlife.com and we'll have the link to the webinar. Just out of curiosity, where would people uh, connect with you on social? The best thing to do would be to, uh, our Facebook page is where we put most of our effort. I think we're going to be, we're switching over more. I think we're going to be using Instagram a lot more, but either way, like we'll be multi-streaming. So yeah. if somebody is either on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash warrior, you can go over to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash warrior, uh, warrior life ready, or is it warrior ready? Eh, I don't know. But, uh, and then, you know, we have an Instagram channel as well. If you go on our website, there's links there that go over yeah. to our social media channel. So we'll be live streaming through there though. Yeah, that's cool, man. I mean, I'll tell you, like, the more, like, um, if you actually look at, like, any of the podcasts or any of the platforms that have just exploded, um, it, it usually is from people that end up just doing what they want to do. <laughs> and yeah. people started liking it. Like, yeah. Joe Rogan didn't mean to become the Joe Rogan show, you know? Um, but he just likes talking to comedians and, I mean, like, if you look at his, all his episodes, he was just talking to his friends and doing things he liked to do. And um, I think some of the best stories now are the most or things to watch, whether it's on YouTube or channels or whatever, just 
people doing cool things that they like doing rather than trying to do it for status or to please other people, you know? So yeah. I think that's awesome, man. I think it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you know, I, I've, I've had to come to that fork in the road multiple times because business wise, the easiest thing for me to do would be just to, you know, not teach a man to fish, but actually just throw him the damn fish. That's what everybody just wants. They just want the pill that makes you slimmer, gives you yeah. muscle. They just want it. They just want the feel good. And it's way easier to do that. It's way easier to scare the crap out of people. I'm not sure what your, uh, your <laughs> swearing yeah, yeah, policy is. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, it's, it's much easier just to scare the hell out of people and then sell them stuff. And that's, and you see that all over the internet and that's, you know, but I'm not like, that's not it. Like it's, it's a bigger lift to try and get people to actually take some action, but I care about people and their families. And because I've seen, I've seen the, the downfall of not taking care, not being the protector that when the infrastructure goes down or there's somebody in your home, whatever it is, like it's your eyes that they're going to be, you know, your family's going to be looking into for protection. And um, I've seen, I've seen people look into my eyes and I, and I don't want, I don't want people to be unprepared or have this false sense of confidence because they bought a bunch of Gucci stuff and they think they're taken care of. And when in fact they made themselves more of a target. And so, so we take this stuff very seriously. It's a very small community and, but it's where we have the most fun. It's just like, screw it. If people want, like, gotta be me, gotta do me. So yeah, it'll be fun. Tacos and machetes. What I I like about that too, Jeff, too, is like, though, I think people move at a pace that whatever pace they're on. So by you engaging more with people, it really allows them to digest it at the speed that they're at, but they're, they're, you know, the, I think um, when, especially experts at things, kind of take the curtain behind the curtain or like, you know, take you behind the curtain. Uh, I'm a normal person, but I have unique specialized knowledge and I want to impart that. Um, I think that, that I don't want to say, in, I guess intimacy is a word, but like that, that relationship just grows so much faster, which yeah. would encourage people to, hey, you could be a normal person. Uh, like we like to say, like you could be the accountant who feels like he's a sissy. But you be super prepared and protect your family and be a protector of the communities and stuff like that. So um, not to pick on you accountants, but you're going no, to be that a little bit. You know, like, no, I mean, I, I think I think that's super important. I mean, um, we, I kind of bill our, you know, my company as the company built on failure because there have been times and, and I'm very open with some of the, the, the mistakes that I've made in the past. And, and uh, there's one that I'm, I don't know, if, there's probably going to be a podcast that's going to be coming out pretty soon, but like, um, you know, I'm a, I was a combat veteran. I was in the army for 10 years. I was in a tough unit, uh, 10th mountain division. Um, I've done, and I've been in some experimental, like, um, ex- military exercise and things like that. And it's just, um, walking my, my, uh, two, and I was about three year old son back from the park one day and a van just like came to a screeching halt. I was up in the, like, I lived out just outside of Chicago, this, panel van, you know, it just, not the van that you would park, park next to in the parking lot, um, just comes to a screeching halt right up next to us. And the door opens up and a guy jumps out of the back. And I remember seeing that there was nothing in the back of this van. It wasn't like seats or anything back there. And guy just ran up to us and he was running straight at me. My son's holding my hand and he put out his arm and he handed me a, a business card. And I just, I was frozen. I looked at it and it was like, it was for like lawn, it was like lawn care and stuff like that. I was devastated. Like I, I felt like such a failure 
because wow. I'm supposed to be like, I've been through combat. I've done all this. And, and here it was that if that, if that guy was holding out a taser and tase me and just, you know, took my son and now he's off somewhere and I never know whatever happens to him. Like you can let your mind go wherever, you know, that can, yeah, it's, it's, it's horrible. Right. That's why it's actually, you just described, you know, Larkin does a ton of videos on this where they breaks down like, like fight situations, but it's like, Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, there's another guy on Instagram who always posts, but it's like where you see like them jump out of vans, steal kids right out of mom's hands. And you see the Mm -hmm. mom doesn't know, like she just freezes and it's, you can, you just explained it. It's, um, and is that, let me ask a question on that. Cause I, I know there's, there's chemistry involved in that. That's preparedness involved in that. Like, can we, uh, can we prepare for those situations? Mm-hmm. Like, so that even if it's just pure, like visualizing and knowing everything that can go wrong, do you mind speaking to that? I think it's a good, that's actually probably a good topic to wrap up with because that is the stuff that, um, I'll tell you, well, I'll tell you a funny story and you can think of like how you want to, um, I'm in Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. Everywhere I go, like, I, it's just, I feel like my wife and I talk about leaving all the time, but we're, we're such roots here. It's like, you're on a, your head's on a, I'm, my head's on a swivel all the time. Right. And, um, there's a certain amount of stress in Chicago. I would say naturally right now, like everyone feels it. It's political, it's racial, it's uh, economic. It's, it's just very, it's not the most healthy place to live. Um, and I would tell people if you're visiting Chicago to go down to uh, Michigan Avenue in those areas, you know, you really need to know where you're going and make sure the timelines are appropriate so that you're not out in a, just in a bad spot. Cause more crime has been down there than at any time, probably in the history of Chicago. Um, but one thing I'll tell you is like, I was in San Diego in a nice hotel just last week and like, uh, I was there speaking. Uh, so it's not a hotel I would probably usually go to cause it's super high end and I'm in there just getting a cup of coffee and this couple comes up way too close to me. And I immediately felt like, uh, I immediately opened up, made sure I was like, why are they so close to me? I'm like, well, because you're in freaking San Diego and there's zero threats in this coffee shop right now. Um, because you got to pay like a thousand bucks a night to just be in the hotel. Like it's a very I know I shouldn't say zero threats, everybody. I know that's probably a mistake, <laughs> but like uh I'm not in my CVS down the street where yeah. there's there's actual things happen in those CVS. So anyhow, segueing back to you, Jeff. Like, how do we prepare mentally and then actually for those scenarios? Yeah. So I've got, I've got a book that's getting wrong. We're getting ready to come out and it's, it is a lot about like the reality. It's, it's actually about bug out bags. Cause that is kind of the area that I think a lot, a lot of people don't get it. But um, two of the downfalls that I think, I, I think are the biggest problems for people. They're the biggest hurdles for everybody is cognitive dissonance and opinion bias. And so cognitive dissonance, basically it'll never happen to me mode. Right. Um, despite all the facts to to the, uh, to the contrary. So smoking is one of the ones that's used as an example all the time. Like we know it causes cancer. We know it causes heart disease. We know all these things, but people still smoke. Right. Um, so the, we saw that during the pan, the, um, I've been screaming about a pandemic for years. Like it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And, uh, nobody believed me until it came. And then, um, so it's, it's that like realizing that bad things do happen to good people and it can't, and that includes you. And it does include, you know, even in your thousand dollar a night, you know, hotel, but you know, obviously less of a threat there, of course. Um, opinion bias is the other thing. And this is the thing that I'm most afraid of because it 
because of how manipula manipulated people can be depending upon the narrative that they want to follow. And I'm an equal, I'm an equal opportunity uh, hater when it comes to like government and things like that. And, um, you know, I think some, you know, we've seen examples of this over and over and over again. You know, I mean, during the BLM riots, it was, you know, people that were, you know, conservative and Republican and patriotic were coming out and we're here for the police. And, you know, everybody's got the flags flying with the blue with the blue line on it and everything. We support the police. And then, you know, January 6 happens and there is, you know, attacks at the uh, at at the, the Capitol building and we're attacking police and we're stabbing with like we're like we're spraying down police. So these are the same people that are flying those same flags. And now like now we've made them patriots. And and so it's this really like the media is always going to try and manipulate opinion. And so I tr we try to get people again, we're, we're apolitical. So we try to get people to look at like, what do you stand for? Like, what do you stand for? And what are the what are the true facts versus what you're being told? Because there's all sorts of stuff, you know, conspiracy stuff online, everything else that um, is going like if you, if you just buy into it without even knowing it. And this is on both sides. Right. Like then all you're doing is you're you're just you're just being you're just a, a checkers piece. It's not even a chess piece. It's just checkers. And so you have to you have to look out for yourself and the only way for you can do that is to overcome um cognitive dissonance and realize that you do need to prepare it doesn't have to be all at once it doesn't have to be but you you need to start taking some steps and do just a little bit every day and then opinion bias if you get if you get ramped up on this stuff and you just keep like i i just stay away from the news pretty much altogether except for a few like trusted like like investigative journalism type stuff because um i just know it's just going to it's going to get me ramped up it's going to it's going to create anxiety and fear which people especially if they've not been in in those types of situations where they've had to really deal with like intense anxiety fear panic things like that um it's just going to make you more afraid and um and, and it, it ends up freezing people. That's the biggest thing I see is people procrastinate on getting prepared. That's why they buy stuff because it makes yeah. them feel like they did something, but it's doing stuff that's going to give you the, the most benefit. And most people just don't want to do that. You know, they just want to, yeah. they just want to feel good, you know? Yeah. It's so cool. you mentioned uh, opinion bias. So my friend, Brian, do you know who Brian Marin and Greg Williams are by chance? Don't know. They run, him, a, no. they run a consulting. Um, Arcadia Cognorati is is their training, but they spent a lot of time training. They spent a lot of years spent training like special forces uh, overseas and in different remote locations. All about because Brian was a, a marine sniper, and Greg was brought in to help with. Uh, I don't want to hate screwing things up when I talk about people, but he was part of when they were looking at. Um, the amount of IEDs, like people were dying of IEDs and they were mm -hmm. trying to go uh, work backwards from bang. Like, you know, the whole the frame left of bang. Well, mm -hmm. Greg was part of the building, the whole profiling system that was introduced and how you think that's a bad guy, but that's really not a bad guy. That's, you know, not all bad guys look that way. And so mm -hmm. anyhow, now they work with, um, schools and uh, businesses on identifying everything from uh, potential uh, people that are potentially uh, suicide, uh, like suicide watch. I'll just say that way. So they might commit suicide uh, all the way to uh, 
potentially shooters, right? And so they're trying to prepare executives and schools and school districts and stuff like that. Um, man, we could talk for hours. This is yeah. awesome. So yeah. let me um, let me just recap a couple of things to make sure that people can follow you. And I mean, I love what you're doing with your membership and everything you're teaching. Um, WarriorLife.com. They can find everything about you. Um, and then, yeah, uh, if you guys like what Jeff's doing, please follow him on, on Facebook so you can be a part of the live streams and YouTube. And then um, definitely get on the webinar, Three Simple Military Survival Secrets, uh, that uh, can help you survive and save your life in any disaster. Obviously, I always put it, if it's not for you, do it for your family because um, they're going to be the ones counting on you when stuff hits the fan. So is there anything I'm leaving out, Jeff, or any final parting words you want to share? Just the one funny thing that happens with that masterclass, we've I've, I've had um, a, a couple times now where people have because um, one of the things that people really struggle with is like, well, what do I do about my spouse? She's not into uh, she's not into prepping, and my ex wife wasn't either, and so I know what that feels like. And I had um, I've had a couple people say, you know, I had the the door cracked open during the uh, during the class, and my wife who was not into uh was totally like on the other side she came running in after it and said oh my god we have to get prepared we have to get prepared so it's not designed to be a bunch of just like fantasy like walking dead bs it really is practical but that's the reason why it's been so effective for people is because it is a true realistic wake-up call based upon real world evidence and and things like that so um so yeah i would say that's that's a great place to to start there awesome Awesome. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Jeff. Really appreciate you being on and uh, uh, have an amazing day, everyone. Thanks so much. Thanks, Thanks, brother. You've been listening to the Warrior Life Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us spread the mission of self-reliance and self-protection when you rate us and leave us a comment wherever you enjoy these podcasts. And don't forget to check out our posts and videos on our social media channels. You'll see a full directory when you visit our website at www.warriorlife.com. We'll see you next time. This has been the Warrior Life Podcast. Prepare. Train. Survive.